Hi, I'm Ben Rizzuto, wealth strategist at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of futures. At Janice Henderson, we are committed to helping you invest in a brighter future for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Tuesday morning and welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm David Faber along with Jim Cramer. Carl has the morning off. You just heard Joe talking about futures. Let's show you one more time. The Nasdaq looks to be uh, right now the loan of the three that will be up at the open. Let's get to our roadmap this morning. It does begin with the markets. It's one year since the market bottom. Futures, as you saw, are moving lower, at least for the broader market this morning. We'll also talk about shares of AstraZeneca. They're under pressure with one U.S. health agency saying the company may have included outdated information in its COVID vaccine trials. And later, Goldman Sachs CEO David Solomon addresses complaints over heightened workloads for the firm's junior bankers or associates, as we otherwise call them. Yeah, Kramer's already making faces over there. Damn, tough guy. Let's start with the markets, though. I mean, the numbers are pretty staggering when you look at the year over year, aren't they, uh, Jim, as we find ourselves? The S&P up 76 percent from this date a year ago. The Dow 76, the Nasdaq 186 percent, transports 111 percent. And then you can go through some of the names in the S&P. Um, Caesars Entertainment, Viacom, Penn National Gaming. They had that uh, CEO on, of course, once they did that deal with your buddy. It was, yeah. uh, it was off to the races. Portnoy. Yeah. Okay, so that day was a very interesting day because remember, and we should all remember this, the Senate turned down the package. Uh, and that, that was, of course, the, the package that would have been and ultimately did, I think, many people would say, save the country. We could, we could have had a terrible moment. And it was probably foregone, really just, I think it was foretold that the Senate would go for it. But uh, Secretary Mnuchin at the time said that they were very close to getting a deal, but the Dow was down 800 points. But uh, Apple closed that day below $1 trillion. Only Microsoft was a trillionaire company. Um, there were a lot of downgrades that day, including a Wells Fargo hold the sale carnival. That sounds interesting. But, David, right then, we got the bifurcation. What was screaming higher? Okay, Zoom, DocuSign, Teladoc, Etsy, Shopify, PayPal, Square. Those were on the move. Those were going up as people started realizing there are two economies. It was right then, David. That was the bifurcation. That's what that was about. Yep. Uh, and they continued to go up sharply right through this summer. And then Until, things stalled a bit. Uh, and certainly of late, uh, many have reversed. Right. And there's anywhere near taking back the gains. David. There's even a Zoom backlash. There's a Zoom backlash. What does that mean? Well, you're not supposed to Zoom on Friday if you work it. Oh, that's Jane Frazier. Yeah, we're going to talk a bit about that. Right. Yeah. And I, mean, I know a, way, a good way to have... you wire out 500 million? I got a good way for people not to have to Zoom with each other when they work at the same company. What's that mean? Um, come into the office. So, really? There's that. Do you stay six feet, three feet, wear a mask, get Moderna, not get Moderna? Even I could... AstraZeneca, what happens there? I mean, you can... Yeah. AstraZeneca is kind of like the kid Obviously, in class. people need to get fully vaccinated, perhaps, before everybody's going to be comfortable. You but we're getting three there, three AstraZeneca shots now? Say again? Three AstraZeneca shots? I mean, three? Is that believe? really right? You need no, three? No, but can you believe, like, what? the guts? 
I mean, the, the, I, did you get the um, the note this morning about you know AstraZeneca? Like we want them to be more truthful. Yes. Okay. Let's be more truthful. Yes. Well, how can you be a drug company and not be truthful? I mean, versus Regeneron today, which actually has something that gets you out of the hospital 70% well, of the time. Hopefully keeps you out of the hospital right. entirely. Well, that's what you've been looking for since right. it started, David. It's so true, when you get it, you don't mention how good it is? Right. The monoclonal antibody. Wait, what? What are you talking about? The cocktail. Yes. The therapeutic cocktail. I know. Against every variant. But that's been that has been available for a while. It's still got to be infused, right? I didn't miss something. Three o'clock in the middle of the night. Yeah. That they got that they had really good phase three data. Right. Now, so the question is, will the FDA adopt it? Will the National Institutes of Health? We have so many different organizations right now, and they're all speaking in different tongues. It's the Tower of Babel down there, David. Remember that from your biblical studies? I do. I do. And you're right. Uh, it, it is sometimes hard to understand exactly what all of it's going to mean. I mean, I continue to say as well, there is going to be a really important role for the antiviral that I've been following closely that Merck is now has in phase three. Jim. Right. But let's not forget people are getting vaccinated at a fairly rapid rate. Right. But the virus is still with us. And this morning, you know, we wake up to lower yields. Uh, on the 10-year, which typically we would think in the current environment would uh, augur for higher stock prices, but that doesn't appear to be the case, broadly speaking, in part because concerns about Europe and, and, and how much it's going to lag in terms of reopening there, given they're not getting the vaccine out as quickly. And there are, uh, you know, there are various phases of lockdown in some of the major economies. There. I, I am shocked. That, I mean, there's a five-day lockdown right now in Germany that's incredible. That my daughter, who teaches English in a Madrid high school, still not allowed to leave Madrid. I mean, what? I mean, Europe is very different. Imagine if you were not allowed to leave. Imagine if you had to escape from New York, Snake Plissken. Escape from New York, what? Snake Plissken. Snake. Uh, 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 what do you want from me? Where's Carl when you need him? I know. I was just thinking the same thing. What? The translator of all things pop-related. I... Uh, is it uh, an Escape from New York, the movie? Is that what you're yes, referring yes, to? Yes, that's what I'm referring to. No, yeah. no, Escape from New York, the yeah. subway. I never watched it. Never saw oh, it. My God. Okay. I think I've made that well, clear. Never mind. We'll, yeah, I think I've made we'll that handle clear. It. I haven't made my own escape yet, but no. at some point that may But anyway, Europe is quite different, and yeah. I think it's starting to cause a lot of people to believe that oil's moved to, too much. There is geopolitical. Obviously, Germany needs uh, China more than ever. But our president is counting on uh, something that you've always felt, David, which is a, uh, a pan-European. Uh, well, you, you always wanted it to be many countries converging against China. Yes. But right now it looks like the Germans may, uh, because they are, their economy is so anemic, they can't necessarily join us. Which is one of the reasons, David, why the most compelling story today is that oil's down to more than $2.5, even though Goldman Sachs upgraded. You know, if, if you had oil in your hands, you get upgraded. You know, three and one, I think, would get upgraded at Goldman. Right. But is this changing any of your opinions in terms of no. uh, how quickly the economy, broadly no, speaking, I mean, around Bor- the world is going to come back? Borg Warner this morning talks about how all these, uh, a third of their, you know, 30 percent of their uh, product by the end of the decade is going to be EV. I mean, GM is talking about distribu- distributing batteries. Don't forget that the F, uh, the 150, which my wife's going to buy as soon as that's electrified, that comes out next year, uh, chip, uh, chip willing. Yeah, well, the chip problem is real. We've heard Phil LeBeau reporting on it on Squawk yes. Box this morning. Uh, and David, how about delays these- and even production shutdowns for a period of time? It's uncertain models as a result true. of not being able to get a hold of what they Very need true. In, in chips. Plus, David, I think you've got to comment on the fact that some of the SPACs are finally releasing 
uh, shareholders. There's sellers. Your favorite, David, there's a, a uh, QuantumScape has a uh, doing a they're doing a deal to they're doing a public offering. Yes. Yes. Well, they're doing a big one. Right. I don't consider them a SPAC any longer. Let's not forget, once they have gone public through right. the SPAC and de-SPAC'd and the vote and everything else, they're just another public company. You're right. And the same, um, thing, with, same thing with MP, yep. which is a, a, a company I had on last week. I mean, they're doing a, five, they're doing a very, very big deal. I mean, right. I, what I'm finding, David, is as the SPACs mature into real companies, yes. we are now beginning to see offerings. Right. Well, listen, many of them need to raise additional capital. We right. know that uh, when you look through the presentations. Now, today there's a small one, Barry Sternlich doing it. I mentioned yesterday they were, it was coming, Velo 3D. Is that his first They one? make parts for SpaceX. No, it's, it's at least his third or more okay. Spitfire. Uh, but that what's was interesting is, Jim, many of them are not responding any, long, any longer to the deals, let alone to when the, right. when the SPAC is priced. They are very often just hanging right around 10 bucks. And when, even when they're doing their deal, and we can take a look at this one, uh, they're not really moving. I mean, it's actually going to be down. I, you know, there's just so many out there. It's hard to get the attention of any investors. There had been this enthusiasm amongst the relatively new cohort, the one that didn't exist a year ago that you talk so often about. I don't know what your latest name for them is, um, but let's just call them retail investors who are, who are very much focused in part on this area. That seems to be waning a bit. But and, Ut, are, you so, are you Uts today? Because Uts is the one that I – Uts and DraftKings are both fabulous. Goldman raises DraftKings. They can't say enough good things about DraftKings, for heaven's sake. Goldman takes the uh, total adjustable market growing. You know, Tam, David, so important with these. Uh, 79 goes to 80, uh, 87 Goldman Sachs DraftKings as state after state. Now, Uts right. brands had a remarkable quarter, David, as they go regional and national uh, with, talk, with uh, salty snacks. Salty snacks. There's a look at Spitfire that I was talking about, and it's down. But Spitfire, listen, we're watching it closely. It's been the feature, of course, over 280, 290. I don't even know where we are right now in terms of SPACs that have been priced. Many of them looking for deals, uh, and we'll. It, it it doesn't seem to quite be capturing the enthusiasm of investors in the same way that it did. So will that um, will that cause them to hold back? Or? I don't know. You tell me, Jim. Are we ever going to see a SPAC that doesn't isn't able to issue isn't able to get its deal done? Uh, not not the deal that it. I'm sorry. The issuance of their own shares. Are we ever going to right. be, see as the IPO? As long as they have a celebrity, it'll get done. Right. Uh, or, you know, a lot of the, lot right of the investor base, you're only talking usually 250, 300 million bucks. A lot of them sort of circle through. Right. I'll invest in your deal. You invest in my deal. You know. But the numbers, David, are overwhelming. And they are actually beginning to hurt the stock market because there's just, I mean, look, there's so much money around. But you know what, David? You just—it's not sustainable that you can have celebrity spec after celebrity spec. Mm. It really isn't. Mm. I mean, should every night uh, talk show host at night have a spec? I don't know. Why not? Uh, Colbert could have a spec. Absolutely. Are you kidding? For sure. It's all based on relationships. I'm sure he knows a lot of people. Yeah. Right. I'm depressed by it. Oh, don't be depressed. Take no, a few minutes. Take a deep breath. Get yourself back. I'll take some together. We're going to take break. a quick commercial break. Uh, of course, we do have an opening bell as well, 20 minutes from now. But we got a lot more between now and then. Stay with us. The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. 
with a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Goldman Sachs CEO David Solomon addressing concerns over his junior employee's workload after results from an internal survey went viral. One employee called conditions inhumane. I know where you stand on this, Jim, but what's interesting about the story is it does put in perspective um, the fine line some leaders of these organizations have to walk because the world is not the one that you grew up in or, frankly, even that I grew up in. It's different now. Uh, and so Mr. Solomon is sort of taking pains at least to sort of address some of their complaints over heightened workloads and things of that nature. He did have a, a, a message to employees after the results of that internal survey uh, came out. And these are somewhat unusual working conditions right now. There is even when you're working crazy hours in an office, at least there's there's camaraderie, you know, right, instead but, of sitting at right. home alone, That's zooming in all the time. That's good. But, you know what, David, you, you said that things have changed from your time and my time. But yeah. let me ask you something. Have the customers changed? I mean, remember, Goldman's customer-centric. The good firms are always Mm customer-centric. And if they're asking for what I might regard as being something crazy over the weekend on Friday, well, then you have to work. It's the customer that drives a lot of this. Right. And it's not as though these these younger people are not working. Many of them are working, as they said, 100 hours a week. I mean, I know someone who is one of the customers, one of the very successful customers, one in something Sunday. Right. Uh, Sunday evening. Right. And, and so someone who is working on that deal doesn't have the a young person doesn't have the ability to say, you know what, I I'm not working because that customer is wrong. So I think a lot of it's customer driven and we're not we're leaving that out. And I think that's a shame. I mean, look, yes, I during my era, I, I felt that a lot of it was my, my you know, there were people who, like me, felt that if we train people so that when the customer called, you would do what they want then I think that you'd understand it was really about trying to get people to be ready for a customer who is insatiable. But, David, the customers haven't changed that much. And if they want business done over the weekend, then it gets done. Right. And it does. And, and many of these uh, younger people, listen, that is part of the job. When you're an associate yes. at one of these places, you typically should be expected or expect that your workload is going to be enormous. And you're probably only going to get four hours, five hours of sleep a night most nights. And some nights you may even have to work uh, an all-nighter. It's funny because my cohort of friends, now many of their kids, are in these kinds of jobs. And so I do hear about it. 
uh, not just to Goldman, but, uh, you know, and, and any number of these. And they're all working really hard. Yes. All of them are. There's a lot of business. not in the office, which, again, is part of the problem here. And it's uh, you see what Solomon had to say in terms of remote work and uh, and, you know, providing support and saying it's not easy. Now, Jane Frazier, of course, the new CEO over at, uh, at City, says, hey, we're going to launch Zoom free Fridays for our employees uh, free of video calls, at least right. internally, Jim. Well, look, I think that there is a a beleaguered group of people who have not worked and have camaraderie and don't feel like that they are, that they are cadre. Uh, I think that it's very alienating to just be Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. It's been a year since Zoom began to take take over. It already, of course, started because people thought it was a great way to do business. But, David, yeah. it is. I mean, if you're a younger person, you're trying to have, I mean, to me, I had tremendous esprit with my class. Of and, course. And, and, and that's where a lot of your friendships are made. Frankly, lifelong friendships. Yes. And oftentimes. But now you're how also do you getting, do it? Uh, you're right. You're also getting the opportunity to work and learn from your superiors. Um, by the way, what I do here. Now, listen, there are a handful of, of younger associates, I think, out there who are probably enjoying wherever it is that they've moved or. But many of them are also want to be back in the office. And the problem is the next up, the sort of 40 plus uh, where maybe they haven't been vaccinated yet and getting those people back in so that you actually have your boss there, they're going to get there. And we know Solomon at Goldman has been fairly outspoken in terms of what he feels is the need to have people return and return quickly. I get a bit of a different sense when I've talked to the, uh, the heads of some of the other firms that we know well in terms of their willingness to continue to allow their, uh, their people to work from home or to be more flexible when it comes to uh, time for a full reopening, which they hope will be through the summer and then probably by Labor Day, really people back, but more flexibility. And add on top of that, this has been a record year for a lot of these firms. Yes. Don't forget that. I mean, a record year working from home. It is amazing that they've gotten all this done. David, I've got to tell you, I mean, look at all the SPACs. Look at all the AIP. Look at the deal this. Remember, we had a deal this weekend, a gigantic deal. Yep. A, and a, a KSU, someone gigantic. worked that weekend Somebody KSU. worked that weekend. And by the way, these road shows, they'll never do them that way. Nobody's ever going on the road for a road show. No. They're all, they've all found it is so much uh, more efficient to do it this way, via Zoom, to reach as many people as you want. Uh, that's over. That's just over. That's uh, you know, and then that gets back to our, our, our longer conversation about business travel and how much of that will resume, Jim. But for now, I'm glad you're not depressed anymore. Now, during this no. break, just think about your mad dash. Absolutely. Figure that out. We'll come back with that right after this. <laughs> they were running Escape from New York. Oh, were they a snake? Yeah. yeah no, with that's, my friend, yeah. with Lee Van Cleef, yeah, a, lot of, a lot of people give me a hard time on Twitter. I get it. I don't know. I passed by that movie a lot. I never watched it. As a lifelong be, New Yorker, I didn't want to escape. I was I afraid. They want you to be more pop culture oriented, David. Now, here's, David, this is very important. Yeah, tell me. What there are several articles today which say that the president is concerned that J&J is not ready for $20 million. They promised $20 million. David, I've talked to J&J. It's all on sked. They've got the 20 million. But this leads me to another point. Okay. There is so much. I don't want to call it disinformation because that's rude. There's so much indecision and, and, and lack of direction coming from the administration right now. Like, can you cruise? Can you not cruise? If you're vaccinated, what does it mean? You mean just the set of rules in terms of where we are and what we can do once you've been yes. vaccinated? It, like, so I, who's at fault there? Is it the CDC? God, I hate to say this, but, uh, but Dr. Rochelle Walensky, yeah. um, FDA, not giving any clarification 
Um, well, CDC, National Institute of Health, I don't want to blame Dr. Walensky, but everybody's a little confused. Like mm-hmm. if you're in the cruise ship business, you're trying to figure out what the right thing to do. What do they want? Right. Or do they just not want cruises? Right. And, you know, a lot of people are in these stocks, and you see that they've been going down of late because people are beginning to concern that there isn't anything they can do that would allow cruising to come. Well, that's absurd, and that's going to change. It would have to. I mean, at some point, we're going to get to 70% of the population or something like that being vaccinated. But it does not matter. Some of the cruise lines have proposed to the government, listen, we're happy to have the crew vaccinated, and we're happy to have all the... uh, But it's this group under under 16. A lot of people sail with their families, and they're not being vaccinated. Now, Moderna has a vaccine that there is in trial. It is. But there's it just is. so many directions. There you are. But once you've been vaccinated. No I, shoes, no service, no vax. I mean, I, I, Jim, you're, you're bringing up points that a lot of people are trying to understand and deal with as they imagine. I mean, David, and am try I, to make is this OK? It's fine with me. Well, this is three. Or do I have to be here? No, it's fine with, with no me. mask. Can, I mean, but you're fully vaccinated. I'm halfway there. Well, so call me when you're done. When we're completely done. I don't but, care where we are. But where do we, what are we supposed to, do? we don't have a, and Dr. Fauci, as much as I love him, not necessarily in sync with other parts of the government. Yeah. So I am concerned that there is, well, I mean. Johnson, the Johnson stock doesn't really seem to be right, moving they, on do, the are, vaccine. Yeah, but how could they just put out a story which saying that they don't have it? If you called J&J like I did, you'd find out that they do have it. I, I, I threw in a call. I did what I call reporting. That's always a good thing to do. Yeah. Get the phone up. Right. Um, all right. Well, let's take a quick break here. we got about uh, a little more than five minutes before we get to an opening bell for you. Of course, as you take a look at where futures stand right now, a lot more squawk on the street. Don't go anywhere. Stock set to fall at the open as futures overnight hitting their limit down levels once again. This is one of the first times, I think, Andrew, that the... Uh, Federal Reserve has announced something and the market has actually gone up. This is an urgent situation for Congress to pass this, but we are ready and we are working with the Fed to provide unprecedented liquidity. We looked like we were going to be down. Then we looked like we might open much higher as a result of the Fed action. And now I'm trying to figure out where things are going to stand. The sell-off is deepening as we move throughout the session today. The Dow is now down more than 900 points. We're very close to reaching a deal. Very close. And our goal is to reach a deal today. We are reacting a little bit to Schumer's comment about a deal being close. So let's take a look. Uh, You can see the markets here still down. The Dow is down 600 points or thereabouts, 3.3 percent, as the Senate fails to advance the stimulus bill for the second time in a procedural vote. Down now more than 860 points on the Dow. Another big volatility, 1,000-point swing in the Dow, 100 points in the uh, S&P 500. Well, we closed off the low. Mm. Yep. What a year it's been, Jim. Huh? Right. And just want to be sure, you know, people, the problem I mentioned with the cruise is CDC director, uh, Rochelle Walensky. But one of the things that was really lost during the period was a public health issue, David. And it was not a, an issue about business. And I think everyone struggled with the idea that, well, we can do whatever we want. We can throw any money, throw money at it. But Jay Powell had the clearest vision. He knew that it was public health. And he wanted to make it so that there was a bridge to when we had a vaccine. Yep. Well, and here we that are. That was his vision. It, and, yeah. and it was right. It, it was. It, we never, obviously, it was not a financial crisis. Now, right. we had a number of companies that were in potentially very difficult straits as a result of having a lot of debt at that point. And we clearly had no idea where we would be 
six months later, let alone a year right. in terms of how the ability to repair their balance sheets. But the Fed, to your point, came to the rescue, so to speak, in many ways. Its balance sheet has now just grown enormously. Where is it? Over seven trillion. Right. Right. Uh, we just added another one point nine trillion. We've got the prospect of even more spending, Jim, coming. Uh, from this administration if they want to pursue infrastructure. Many, many businesses are very much supportive of that effort, but it has been extraordinary. Well, I just, I come back to, I mean, I know Andrew Ross Sorkin wrote a very interesting piece about how the airlines got a a bailout, but I remember, David, people felt that airlines were where you got COVID. So the airline industry was done. It turned out to be not the place you got COVID. Remember, people felt you got COVID from surfaces. Well, it turned out yeah. that was one place, but it was really aerosol. So it was a novel virus. No. We didn't know what we were doing. We didn't. We but you know what? It's interesting it. is you're still talking about there being a lack of clarity in certain types of oh. behaviors now that we are obviously Terrible. very thankfully getting inoculated. Uh, and yet there are still those questions. Uh, and it's and it's been throughout Jim, in terms of trying to understand the right behavior and the wrong and obviously very different perceptions of that throughout the country, which contributed to what we're talking over 540,000 people have died. No, um, and that's why I like what Regeneron, what, uh, what Regeneron came out with, which is something, it's a cocktail that is uh, 70% of people. Uh, yes, it, it, but for some reason, the, the Regeneron drug, I mean, it's been available and is not doesn't seem to be used as often as you might have anticipated it would be. Right. You needed a big test. And you know what, Dave, this is kind of nutty. But I think that the uh, that the former president hurt Regeneron. When he said he took a couple of remember, he took some Regeneron. Yes. Uh, Why and, do you feel that way? Why did it hurt? Well, because I think it tainted Regeneron for no reason whatsoever. I think that that whole incident where they gave him some Regeneron. Uh, and it wasn't clear whether it was really good for him. And then you never saw it again. And it just got kind of backed up in a warehouse. But this is all part of what I'm talking about, David. The government does not speak in one voice. So we don't know what to do. They're still taking people's temperature. That's not even a good tell. No, it's not. It's I not mean, a tell. It's not a tell. Simeter, maybe. Yeah, I know. I mean, if they um, did the pl- blood oximeter. But how about the fact that I showed my card again, my Moderna card. And people are looking at it. It's like... So what? What does that have to I do know. with the no, price I, of listen, eggs? I mean, got, what, I but, there's what? different behaviors everywhere. People listen. People in New York City still walk around outside with masks everywhere, even when they're when they're alone. I know. I mean, so um, I think we're all very confused yeah. about what's right. Let's and that's uh, not help. I mean, remember, we also don't want a German situation where suddenly no, where there's a resurgence. Although, to right. be fair, the Germans have never had anything like the crisis that we had. True. Yeah. True. Um, all right, let's move on to stocks, can we? Semis are looking good, David. Yeah, well, semis are looking good. Uh, can we talk a little? I mean, you saw the Viacom offering, didn't you? About you, David, was that ordered by you? It was not ordered, but it was, uh, you know, I think it was uh, clear to them. And we all perhaps have a fairly keen sense for the obvious, so I'm not going to, there's no credit to claim here. Well, sure I mean, that they were perfectly capable of seeing the opportunity to issue as much as $3 billion. It's $2 billion in, uh, in common, another billion preferred, right? I got that right, don't I, for Viacom. But it is sending the stock down, something that has rarely been the case, of course. You know, you want to wait a little while to sort of see, is this for real? And they did. And this thing just hung in there in the, in the high 90s for quite some time. Why not, Jim? Take the shot. Well, congratulations uh, they're they're going to use them. it for streaming. Uh, money's fungible. I mean, OK, they got the NFL contract. They're not going to have to start paying even more for it. But hey, three billion. Why not? Why not? Well, there's some anomalies here. Yesterday, PepsiCo was upgraded. PepsiCo is, traditionally does well in a slowdown. And the upgrade has now triggered six points of gain. Now, what does that say? Doesn't it say that there are people who believe 
that there's a slowdown coming. There's people, Monster Beverage doing well again. That's a slowdown stock. Does that make uh, sense to you? No, I don't. That no. doesn't make sense. I mean, we understand why growth names perhaps have slowed a bit with the prospect of rising uh, interest rates. But really, we're going to there's a worry about a slowdown. Well, it takes we a haven't lot even of, had the pickup. Well, it takes a lot of money to move a, a PepsiCo that much. And I yeah. think that you have to notice that uh, Adobe doing quite well ahead of uh, uh, when they report, but can't wait to hear what they have to say, because that's the first big cap tech stock that will be reporting during this period of true malaise for tech. Um, yeah. Well, when, when you talk tech, I mean, we're talking an enormous amount of well, Internet companies of and market caps. So indeed. is there any names in particular that you think of that have been unfairly penalized in this current environment? Uh I'm going to say I think Salesforce had because they don't like the they the market does not like the acquisition, David. Doesn't like they don't the, like the Slack deal. They do not like the they, Slack, deal. so to speak. Right. They don't like. And it. what? It, all right. He has a history of doing deals that somehow they don't always get well received by shareholders until they're done. Right. MuleSoft turned out to be a total yeah. home run. Uh, Tableau, David, I cannot tell you how important that deal was. It was a brilliant deal. Mm-hmm. And Slack is necessary to take on Microsoft. And you know, David, there is a, 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 there's a war between these two companies. Now. Ever since the LinkedIn, uh, Salesforce trying to buy that was uh, the Feb 16. Yeah. Remember when LinkedIn, was Salesforce wanted it, Microsoft bigfooted it. Yep. Uh, and since Adobe has now shifted to the Microsoft side, people don't know where ServiceNow really comes out. But Slack, you would do Slack, David, in order to be able to compete with Microsoft. And it's not liked. And that stock, has, which is a Dow stock, has been punished because of Slack. Also, some reports that they may be doing a deal for a, a chat room company called Discord. I don't know if you saw that. Private Mr. Softy, Yeah, Mr. Softy wants Discord. Yeah. I mean, Discord $10 is billion. When, you, when you try to get on Wall Street bets and want to say something, you get sent to Discord. <laughs> Actually, you're right. There is there are people who go to Discord, apparently. I've learned this and, and charge for the opportunity to to uh, to listen to them, give you their stock picks. If you follow them on Instagram and see that they've had a decent track record. You mean like like uh, Alexa, tell me whether I, I should buy I, service I, now. This is all something of a new world, but apparently I mean, Microsoft continues to look into these areas that can extend certain franchises for them. But look at the stock reacting to Discord. They're, yeah. in, they're is in a really, court Is that really Discord. a Discord res- response? I don't know. $10 billion deal. By the way, unclear where I, that's reporting of, I think it's Bloomberg. I, it's not my reporting at all, so I just want to make sure. But I'm just talking about, that, David, but, that there is a disparate group of stocks that are going up. And, and it's very hard to figure out. Uh, is it solar? Etsy's coming back again. Etsy last year at this time. This was when Etsy took over. Yes, this was the time to have bought at Etsy. Yes. And you would have been very happy. I, I interviewed the CEO the other day, Josh Silverman. Yes, I, I mean, Josh. they are on fire. It's grown into a very significant company, hasn't it? Well, there was a moment, David, where they were seeing a lot of masks being bought, and they were trying to figure out whether it was people trying to be early for Halloween. That's a 30, almost a $30 billion Market value. And it's way too small at market cap. I think it should be from bigger. your uh, from your town, Brooklyn, right down the block. Yeah, their own Etsy. Um, speaking of towns, Hartford's got uh, one. It's called the Hartford. Oh, David, you've got to uh, be all over that. Well, I mean, there's not that much at this point to be all over. Although 
well, that's unclear, but the news this morning, and it hit at about 8.30, is that uh, Hartford has rejected uh, that Chubb proposal, remember, roughly worth, let's call it 65 bucks a share, um, as confirmed by Chubb last week. Uh, the uh, board, after consultation with its financial and legal advisors, unanimously rejects the, uh, the unsolicited proposal, they say, and as determined entering into discussions regarding a strategic transaction would not be in the best interest of the company and its shareholders. Jim, not a big surprise there. Uh, as you read what I just read you. No, and it's um, not that big. You know, look, book value is solid there, David. And this is not that much of a premium to book value. Right. The question will be, is Chubb, uh, listen, I, it's unsolicited, unsolicited is one thing. There's no window here to nominate. And, and again, given the regulatory constraints in this, on this industry, can't mount what we would call a true hostile bid. But the question will be, does Chubb choose to come back? Obviously, very aggressive CEO, Mr. Greenberg. Uh, will they come back at a far higher price? Because that appears to be what it will take here uh, to even get their interest at all. They do seem committed at Hartford to following a path they think they're on right now in terms of over time delivering very strong results. And, uh, you know, again, that's uh, that's part of their statement here. Res- commitment and resolve in the continued execution of their business plan. That's the kind of language you, you do use when you're but, like, please, get the heck away from us. David, this is a good example of what we're talking about in terms of Associates and Goldman. Okay. okay. So do you think that Evan Greenberg, yes, you called him aggressive. I think he's terrific execs. Yeah. Do you think that he's willing to say to whatever bank he's doing, take your time, don't worry about it. I want Zoom free Friday. I want you guys to not work Saturday. I do want the deal done, but not if it interrupts family time. Do you think that's what Evan Greenberg is saying no, to I the don't. bankers? I don't. And and the bankers are not and they're they're uh, they're not doing it. They're working. They are right. working. They are, and you think the Hartford yeah. guys are saying, don't worry about Greenberg. What, we, what really matters is March Madness. And lawyers well, are yeah, working. And I want you to be sure to watch that Illinois game. I mean, no, it's not right. like that. On these kinds of things, everybody's working very hard. And back to that conversation is proliferation of SPACs in part that has kept everybody so incredibly busy because they do require a good amount of work. You've got the IPO of the SPAC, then you've got the deal. You've got a lot of things moving around about it. Um, but yeah, but you know right. what? It's never talked about. No, but it's they're always working. Like they're the just problem is Solomon. It's not Solomon. It's, it's trying to meet the customers. Well, you don't want to lose some, the business. There are some larger questions about Solomon, I think. Why? In terms of Because there are. They're just, I hear it a lot. It's just, I, I don't hear you it. You know, a number of departures there. Is the culture changing? What is, you know, by the way, sometimes that can be for the better. Well, David, how but about the fact he's that he's going to have to continue to sort of all time highs to the stock? That matters. That matters a lot. Stock. That I mean, matters a lot. I mean, I, I, I think are, that, well, that Morgan matters. Stanley's great, too. But yes, it does. But no, I Listen, think Solomon may have Absolutely. a lot. You know, the stock price gives him the ability to do certain things that if it was on its butt, it would be a very different story Thank for him. You. I'm very a defender, but I work story. there, but I'm a defender. Um, all right. I'm just looking at my list here. We hit Viacom, hit Hartford. We hit the uh, SPAC earlier. Coherent, Jim. I know you care about. I know you care about photonics, because that's the focus. More now. than I ever have. You tell those young people you want to focus photonics. Lumentum came back again. It's getting closer now. Two eighty-seven fifty is what they're saying. Their latest deal is worth. What's interesting is you'll see Coherence trading at a very large spread. You say, why is that? Well, a couple of reasons. They, whoever buys this thing is going to have to get China approval. It's going to take quite some time. Uh, and you don't know how to set it up. You're not sure who the buyer is going to be. So you may not have that. Remember, a lot of it's going to be stocks. So you may not have the, uh, the ARBs coming in to attack the spread in the same way because they're not sure who to short. But, uh, but there it is. That continued was once a three-way, but it has been quite a two Way bidding war. Photonics. Uh, let's get to Bob Bassani. 
Tell us more about what's going on on this eventful day of today and one year ago, Bob. Yeah, it was quite a day. Uh, one I'll never forget for sure. We were really panicked. I can remember that. The traders that I was speaking to, I think two things matter for trading today. Number one, Treasury's catching a bid second day in a row. That's very, very helpful for the market. But you notice we're not doing too much. I think these additional lockdowns in Europe, in Germany particularly, putting a little bit of a lid on the enthusiasm for buying things. There's semis which are holding up. OK, let's let's say mega cap tech is flattish today. But look at the reflation trade at the banks, the energy uh, industrials a little bit weaker. And this is ha- not just happening today. Energy has been on a downward slope for two weeks now. Remember, oil topped out $65 or so uh, that we saw a long time ago. That was two weeks ago, it seems like. Uh, so the bottom line is the reflation trade is having a little trouble. But if you talk about what's really mattered since the market bottom, March 23, a year ago, well, remember, Powell and Yellen, they're going to be testifying today. They're going to give a full throttle defense of go big. And what the market has learned from Go Big is that there's very clear beneficiaries. Number one is what we now call the reflation trade. What's that? It's small caps like the Russell 2000 and cyclicals like transports, mineral uh, materials and energy names that have done really well. So there's the main beneficiary of the whole Go Big uh, plan that Yellen represents and that Powell represents. The other obvious winner here is what what's now called overall could be called thematic tech. It's largely, I call it the rapid change trade. And it's basically bets on the idea that the COVID epidemic would be transformational in terms of how business is done in the United States. So the real big movers in the last year have been these clean energy names, these online retail, uh, all Kathy Wood's ARC funds, the lithium battery, the 3D printing, anything that could perceive to be transportation transformational is what the younger buyers have been interested in buying in, not only because they have the means to doing it through thematic ETFs, but because it seems to make sense to them to say the world is changing really, really fast. And let's find what's changing fast and go for it. And that's why Kathy Wood has been so successful. Now, it doesn't seem like these two things are compatible. How do you have transformational change and old school, old world uh, reflation trades like industrials do well for the moment? Those two trades are coexisting quite comfortably. Long term, something's got to give here. A lot of people are betting it's the transformational ones that will win long term. But we'll keep an eye on that. As for a whole the testimony today and Biden's uh, build back better infrastructure plan, the infrastructure stocks aren't doing anything today because they've already had a rally. Uh, the minute that we saw that stimulus bill starting to look very likely a little while ago, more than a month ago, all of these infrastructure stocks moved up. These are old school infrastructure stocks. They've done great for the year because they believe something is going to come in, in some form. But by and large, that rally has already happened. Finally, I just want to mention GameStop because it is earnings day. And they're going to have to say something about the price. The simple way to look at this is they reported earnings one year ago, their fourth quarter, and they basically only make money in the fourth quarter. They reported $1.27 a year ago. The stock price was $4. Today, they're reporting, they're estimating the numbers are going to be $1.35. There's only six analysts here, folks. So they're going to make $0.08 more than they made last year. The stock price is $194. This is the very simple way to understand the dilemma for the people over at GameStop. There's a lot of discussion that this would be a great time to announce a secondary. Indeed, it would. They leave themselves open to a lot of legal issues, however, and they're going to have to explain why they believe that the company's 
stock price is here. What is it worth? And if they issue a secondary, they're going to have to be a little more uh, explanatory about what they feel the company is really worth and their prospects going ahead. So it's going to be very interesting at the end of the day here to hear what they have to say. They had some personnel changes again uh, that were announced today. So want to keep an eye on all that's going to be a very, very interesting day for the whole Reddit crowd. David, back to you. Yeah, uh, great points, Bob. Uh, you know, we've heard so little from GameStop. And of course, we've talked often about the possibility of them trying to issue uh, stock to, to raise much needed potentially capital. But those yeah. disclosure issues continue yeah. to be a gating, uh, a no. gating issue is from what I hear. Uh, yeah. But we'll and, watch and, it. And people bring up people bring up AMC and say, well, they did a secondary. Yeah. But, you know, AMC went from, you know, three to five dollars, six dollars. This is not <laughs> this no. is not even in the same league as what AMC was doing. This is no. a, a big difference between four dollars and one hundred ninety four dollars. There certainly is. But we of course, we talked about Viacom this morning as well with that three billion. Bob, thank you. Bob Pisani. Let's uh, let's check in on the bond market now. And for that, of course, head over to Rick Santelli. Good morning. Thanks, David. Well, everybody's making a huge deal out of the drop in yields. And do keep in mind, if you look at a three-day chart, Friday was the big day. We hit 175, nice round psychological number for the intraday yield high, and we settled at 172. Yesterday, we settled at 170. We gave back a handful here at 165. So I would look at it. We're down seven basis points from the high yield close going all the way back to January. It's a start. But man, everybody's making a huge deal. That, that's pretty much it. I'm not sure I'm there yet. 153 is key yield support. We could go down there and easily keep this thing in place. Look at a year-to-day chart. The pattern is not broken. And I think one of the reasons that this is being used in this correction as maybe we're locking in the high yield for a while is because of the March fiscal year end for many pension funds. Also, some countries, I believe Canada, India, Hong Kong, Japan, March is the end and April starts their new fiscal year. So pensions are going to probably come in and swoop down and scoop up some of these treasuries. Yes, but there's also uh, some of the issues that the expiring uh, SLR program at the end of this month may also push yields in things like T-bills down in the negative territory. So you can go so many different directions. Ultimately, I think you shouldn't be putting in high yields psychologically till we start to have much bigger drops and corrections. Look at a two-day of the yields in France and Germany. See the way the yields are going down? Well, I think the best way to understand that would be to think warp speed. They are not doing a warp speed job on vaccinating. Their percentages of those already vaccinated is low, and they seem a bit lost. Germany's going to have elections soon, and I would look for big shakeups there. Finally, today's the two-year note auction. It's going to be important. Look at a month to date of two-year, and what you'll see is, is that 10 is the all-time low yield close. Here we sit at 15. Not a huge amount, but Boy, you start to get to 17 basis points, things are going to start to happen. So the whole yield curve is really in play. This supply today is going to be important. Intraday of the dollar index, pop back over 92. We've been talking about how important that 92 level is. The dollar index always seems to be very close to touching an intraday. When you pop over it, it might get a bit bullish. Look at a month-to-day chart. We're closing in on the high monthly close. That was around 92.30 earlier in the month. And the reason that's so important, well, that was a four-month high close for the dollar index. We'll get some momentum, especially going into the end of the month, if we start to hold these levels above 92. Jim and David, back to you. Thank you, Rick. Rick Santelli with the bottom report and a lot more, as usual. Well, let's give you a check on where we stand. We're about 20 minutes into trading, of course, this morning. You can see down across all the major averages, 
uh, with the Nasdaq down about 0.3%. A lot more squawk in the street right after this. Take a look at shares on Netflix. They are having a good day, at least if you're long the stock, up 2.7%. Argus takes it to a buy, raises its price target to 650 A lot more Squawk in the Street coming right back. When you came out before, I told you I wasn't a fool, Buskin. Call me Snake. <laughs> going to watch it this weekend, I promise. Snake Buskin. What do you what do you got for uh, for uh, stop trading, David? There's a note this morning that's come out from J.P. Morgan. They have Wells Fargo as a hold. I read this piece and I think they're itching to upgrade. There wasn't anything negative. Charlie Scharf is steering the bank toward uh, more private equity, debt capital, doing trading better, uh, investment banking growing. David. They want to recommend Wells like so many others because people love what Charlie Scharf is doing. You know, okay. it's funny. Does Charlie Scharf love what he's doing? I asked that because I was reviewing happy? recently ownership stakes of happy? various CEOs in their banks. Yeah. And I was surprised at how little uh, stock he owns currently. He, didn't he make a cold shot? Didn't he buy a huge amount when he got there? You know, I want to check the numbers. Oh, I the numbers think he I did a huge cold no. shot. Well, David, tonight, uh, I people mean, he's want- nowhere near the $1.25 billion in stock that, J- that uh, Jamie Dimon No, he ought to do more. that. He, had the, he has I mean, the Not capital. that he has that kind of money, but my we point is it was, surprisingly, it was a surprisingly low number. Now, they may call and tell me I'm wrong, and I will share that, but right, uh, the numbers I saw did not indicate a lot. I thought Charlie bought a lot when he came in. But anyway, tonight, David, a lot of people want to know what Kathy Wood does, yes. what she really owns. Yes. I have aqua bounty on tonight. Very interesting, David. Why? GMO fish. And then Eclipse, which we're talking about, um, Owlet, SPACs, GMO fish, GMO David. fish, okay. Isn't that what the world wants is GMO fish? Sure. Right. Why, why wouldn't we? Like the Impossible Burger, GMO burger. We're um, going to find what Kathy Wood loves. You, as you need to in this market, or yes. at least the recent one. Um, Jim, it was, it was a great hour. It was a great hour. Yeah, I'm not sure it was as great as you'd hoped it would be, but... I thought it was pretty good. Well, the only reason was was because you refused to identify Snake Plissken. I know. That won't happen again. You hid that. That will not happen again. All right. We'll see him later on Mad Money. If not sooner, you never know it, Jim. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.